For regular updates on BYU Radio programming, sports, and other behind-the-scenes news, follow BYU Radio on Twitter. Just search for BYU Radio, hit follow, and enjoy our tweets on news, live updates on shows, and much more. Talk about good. Hey everybody, so your grandkid comes to visit, right? Want, and yet wants you to take him to a movie, I don't know, like the Avengers or something like that. Let's say they're in like third grade. Now you want to be a nice grandpa, don't you? But come on, third grade? Talking kids and movies next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Officials at the White House are responding to Mitt Romney's denouncing of President Obama's new waivers on welfare rules. In Illinois, Romney said the president's betrayed the landmark 1996 overhaul mandating that able-bodied recipients get jobs. President Obama, in just the last few days, has tried to reverse that accomplishment. Categorically false, and it is blatantly dishonest. At the White House, spokesman Jay Carney insists states must move more recipients into work to get the waivers Washington offered. Just the kind of flexibility then-Governor Romney and other Republicans asked for in 2005. Hypocrisy knows no bounds. Romney maintains Obama's waivers will take the work out of welfare. Mark Smith at the White House. The Senate has narrowly avoided a rare session that was going to be held out of the usual chamber. With its chamber being refurbished, the desks were out by early morning and carpeting rolled up, the Senate was set to hold a pro forma session in a nearby office building, meeting outside the Capitol for only the second time in nearly two centuries. The session was required because even though lawmakers had left town, the House hadn't approved an adjournment resolution. But about an hour before the Senate session, the House approved one by unanimous consent. The House stands adjourned until 2 p.m. on Monday, September 10th. So the Senate session was quickly canceled. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. Multiple athletes from Africa have disappeared from the Olympic Village, leading to fears they may be seeking asylum. The head of Cameroon's mission to the Olympics says seven of the West African team's athletes have disappeared from the Olympic Village, leading to fears they're planning to ask permission to stay in Europe for economic reasons. The seven include the backup goalkeeper on the women's soccer team, a swimmer, and all five of Cameroon's boxers. They were missing as of Monday night. They have visas that entitle them to remain in Britain until November. The Home Office, which handles immigration, has declined comment. Scotland Yard says it has received no report of the athletes being missing. Warren Levinson, London. U.S. women's gymnast Allie Raisman has won her second gold medal after a stunning performance on the floor routine. This time, there was no doubt. Allie Raisman of the United States took the gold medal in floor exercise at the North Greenwich Arena. Her routine earned her a final score of 15.6, four-tenths of a point better than Catalina Ponor of Romania. Alia Mustafina of Russia earned the bronze. Raisman's American teammate Jordan Weber was seventh with a score of 14.5. Earlier in the day, Raisman had finished fourth in the balance beam, but she appealed the judge's assessment of the difficulty of her routine, and when that was accepted... She nosed out Panor for the bronze. So with the team gold, it's two gold medals and a bronze for Raisman. Warren Levinson, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall.
Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this show every Monday through Friday to help you and your loved ones grow healthy, happier lives, to help you get through this crazy thing we call life. And today, we're going to the movies. We are going to take you on a journey through the movies and how to figure out what movies are appropriate for your children, your grandchildren, what are maybe some of the ones we might want to avoid. But maybe more importantly, I want to build a case for the importance of movies and media in your life. Does that sound weird? You'd think we'd be blowing it up because we don't want our children to watch all of these horrible things. Except what I'm finding is my children, and I think a lot of us, have been socialized in movies. So I took my children on—not all of them. I have six beautiful gifts from heaven. And uh, we went to Sun Valley, but nobody wanted to go but my oldest—two of my older boys. So it was myself, my 17-year-old boy, and my 15-year-old boy. And we—you would not believe how many times just weird— inferences or stories from media, a lot of movies, just crept into our conversations. Okay, let me give you a few. So we were watching ESPN and watching them talk about the Oakland A's, who right now are on a a pretty good streak, I believe, um, winning a lot of games with a group of players that are kind of not, they're not the most talented people in Major League Baseball. And there was a movie out, if you remember, called Moneyball. I have a son that loved that movie with all of his heart, and he went off on how Moneyball is alive and well with the Oakland A's again and starts quoting Moneyball, wants to see the show Moneyball, and thinks it's the most fascinating thing in the world. Meanwhile, uh, I had done something wrong. I was – I don't know if it was wrong, but I was kind of irritated, and one of my children uh, said, oh, nice one, Scar – and I'm like, what? Would you call me? Because I do have a scar over my eye. And um, so I'm like thinking he's like making fun of my scar on my eye. And my other son basically has to uh, reference the fact, no, he's calling you, you're not Mustafa. And I had no idea what these guys were talking about. They're talking about Lion King. And Mustafa was the good lion. And Scar was the bad uncle. And apparently I wasn't Mustafa which, again, sound like street terms to me. And um, Scar was just the bad uncle, and I was acting like the bad uncle. Now, I remember as a kid, uh, my, there was a movie out about Joan Crawford, I believe, who uh, in, in the movie Mom, Mommy Dearest. And anybody that's listening that is from my generation or older, you know the story about Mommy Dearest, where I think it was Joan Crawford, I swear. In fact, we need to research that. Let me get one of my producers on that. Um, I got a uh, – my mom once got all gripey on me and started telling me all these things I was supposed to do. So at the ripe young age of 12, I think it was the year I almost died, I told my mother, oh, yes, Mommy Dearest, which was referencing the show Mommy Dearest. And my mother came unnutted. And about killed me. And so I realized, whoa, there's power in this movies thing. So it's – I believe we are socialized through movies. And if you don't believe that, I I sit around a studio with about anywhere from six to eight producers that I get to interact with daily. And these people 
are constantly quoting movies and TV shows. Uh, You'd think they'd be quoting Shakespeare. Not happening. You'd think they'd be quoting um, scriptures. Rarely. But they do know a lot of really good movie lines. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. We're going to be bringing on one of our experts from BYU Radio who's going to be helping us figure out how to approach the media, how to look at the media, how to say yes, how to say no, and really the value of uh, movies. Let me give you some lines, though, and just show you how integrated into our culture movies have become. Okay, let me give you some lines. You tell me if these bring back any memories or if you've jokingly used them in the last year. Are you ready? How about this one? This is the number one most quoted movie line, I think, of all time, they're saying. I'll be back. Right? That was uh, Jimmy Carter, who wanted a second term. Um, Number two was, frankly, my dear, I don't give a beep. Gone with the wind. Or how about this one? This blew my mind because this is a movie that's fairly recent that I didn't think was that impactful. But there's a few quotes from it. Show me the money. Okay, that's Jerry Maguire. Another Jerry Maguire one was, you complete me. Which, interestingly, I heard Tom Brinton, one of our producers, say to me just this morning. Uh, which was really weird, and I just asked him to move along. Um, another one is, go ahead, make my day. Remember that one? Sudden impact. Mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. Forrest Gump. Now, Forrest Gump, one of the greatest movies of all time, and in fact, one of my children the other day was running. Uh, just I, We were just at this pool place, and he was running to the pool place, kind of jokingly running. And as he was running, one of my other children says, run, Tanner, run. Just like run, Forrest, run, the other Forrest Gump. Hakuna Matata, is that a familiar one? Um, Fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy night. Um, Here's looking at you, kid, Casablanca. Now, this is one that I have heard, but I don't know quite how to ever use it in a sentence. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That's from Apocalypse Now. Anyway, say hello to my little friend. Remember that one? Scarface. So listen to all these movies. Do you not relate to that? Is that not part of your life? Is it not impacting your family, your children? I believe it is. And on the show today, we're going to talk about the important side of the movies, the impact they can have, how it helps socialize us, and maybe give you some other tools for what movies maybe we should be going to see and what we shouldn't be going to see. But first, we all love the movies. Right? Even the ones that are riddled with plot holes. Here's Tom Brinton with his cinematic pet peeves. Roll them. With the flood of superhero movies every summer, I always grow a bit wary. These films are especially prone to one weakness plot holes. You could say it's their kryptonite. These plot holes can range from continuity goofs to physics impossibilities. For example, when Superman swoops in and catches Lois Lane inches before she hits the ground. Given her velocity and inertia, she's toast either way. Or the newest Batman film. Without giving any plot spoilers, I wonder how Bane's plan to ruin Wayne Enterprises could ever work in the real-world marketplace. Also, what's with evil villains setting up headquarters in the sewers? Sewers in movies are always these grand stone corridors with vaulted chambers every hundred feet. Go visit a real sewer and you'll have to squeeze through tiny spaces, or it'll just be a bunch of dirty pipes. I could give more examples, but that's not really the point. Everyone has their movie plot pet peeves, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. 
That's not why we go to the movies. We go to escape our day-to-day -day world where everything has to be logical, where the good guys don't always win, and where there aren't nearly as many lucky coincidences. I may gripe about the soundness of blockbuster plots, but my complaining isn't going to change anything. I enjoy myself a lot better when I grab some popcorn, sit back, and let myself believe the unbelievable. Yes. We love you, Tommy Boy. Um, Tommy Boy, there's another movie. See? It's everywhere. That was Thomas Brinton. And uh, really, you know, bad plots aside, pet peeves aside, movies can be good for you. I'll never forget my sister and the Wizard of Oz every year and her need to see the Wizard of Oz. And then her breaking, I'll never forget, quite honestly, her grabbing her guitar case. And running out in a skirt in the backyard and spinning around with a guitar case like you can see in the movie The Wizard of Oz. I mean, um, what's it called? Ah, Sound of Music. And she would run and sing all of the Sound of Music songs carrying her guitar all around the backyard. Now, sure, we had to institutionalize her after that because she was out of control. But – it, there's something special about it and Fiddler on the Roof and all of these shows. And she, oh, oh, if I were a rich man and my sister breaking into that song, there's power in it. It can bring us together. We're going to be bringing on after this break Sean O'Neill, BYU's movie critic and father and just movie extraordinaire. It knows everything you'll ever need to know, probably more honestly than you'd ever need to know about movies. But he's got great insight. Yeah, right. So we'll be back. We'll be back with Sean O'Neill right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Using ultrasound to move kidney stones out of the body without surgery. Designed for space, but coming to your local hospital. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Of all the nightmare scenarios you can think of when planning for manned deep space missions, you probably don't come up with this one. How to handle the crippling pain and danger of kidney stones in space. But you have to. Astronauts are at higher risk for kidney stones due to environmental factors like microgravity. And studying how to help them helps the rest of us. Scientists with the National Space Biomedical Research Institute have been working on a fix. And it looks like it will become a popular therapy tool for many doctors and earthbound patients as well. Using ultrasound in new ways not only lets doctors pinpoint a stone with improved accuracy, but the researchers have demonstrated how a beam of ultrasound can reach into your body without surgery and help move a stone out of the kidney. The new, more affordable, and compact ultrasound machine they've designed also has the potential to stop internal bleeding and even locate and disrupt some cancer tumors, all non-surgically and without long, expensive, and debilitating chemotherapy treatments, turning once-complicated surgeries into routine outpatient treatments. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. And after each weekend's action, don't miss True Blue. Each week, join hosts Dave McCann and the entire True Blue team as they bring you highlights, analysis, and interviews from all the major BYU sports. 
New episodes air every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with repeats Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Okay, we're talking movies, and we're not going to talk just about how bad they are, and they're going to slowly destroy your family and your life. We're going to talk about the good side, the way we can bond, the way we can connect using medias and mediums, different forms of media. Um, and we're also going to be bringing on our movie expert, Sean O'Neill. They call him the myth, the legend, and he is going to enlighten us and give us the tools and ideas to, to better take advantage of our media watching as well as, you know, make it more of a family-oriented activity. But before we do, our producer Bryce is like a media vacuum. He takes it all in as fast as he can. But when it comes to parental control, he's got some thoughts that he would love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. There's a lot of trash out there when it comes to movies, TV, music, and other forms of media. I would know. I seem to watch most of it. But I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids, mostly because I don't have any. But I do know what I'm not going to do. Let me share a story with you. A few years ago, I met one of my most dear friends. For the purposes of this story, we will call him Ben, because that's his name. Ben is a very smart guy, so it didn't take long for us to begin getting along famously. Our sense of humor line up very well, but after a little bit, I noticed something was a little off. You see, a big part of our culture, and even more so with us 20-somethings, is quoting our favorite movies and TV shows. This can really get irritating sometimes, but there's more to it. It's a very useful tool that we utilize. It's a way for us to test the waters, socially speaking. Let's say you meet someone new. At some point, you may decide to quote something funny from a popular TV show. While this technique requires finesse that many people seem to lack, and as a side note, if you try and recover the situation by saying something like, it's funnier if you watch it, or you gotta watch it, you did not deliver with finesse. This technique can very quickly tell you if you are going to get along with this person. Normally, the person will excitedly say, You like this show? I like this show. Did we just become best friends? Then again, they may apologetically, or worse, they may even condescendingly say, I don't like that show. And that's when you know you're in for a rough night. Like it or not, media is a big part of our world. Okay, back to Ben. I used this technique with him. In fact, I used it a lot. And I got an unexpected third response to most of my attempts. Something along the lines of, oh, I haven't seen that, or I haven't heard of that. I didn't think much of it at first. The music I like is rather unpopular, so that didn't really phase me. Not everyone has the time to keep up with movies, so the fact that he knew his 90s kid movies better than anything that had recently come out didn't really make much of a blip on my radar. But he was utterly ignorant when it came to anything TV. After a little time and even a little frustration, I finally asked him what did he know. And then in a shameful tone with a twinge of irritation, he said, My mom was a real control freak. And then he began to detail his childhood. I will give you the bullet points. First and most critical thing was that all the kids were homeschooled. So they had no outside exposure. When it came to movies, it was only G movies. There was no music other than classical or religious music. No TV. Any video games fell under the same standards as they eventually applied. There were more detailed rules, of course, but by the end of it, I was sick to my stomach. He didn't know about music because he had never been exposed to the glorious continuum of music that we have access to. We were on the same page with 90s kid movies because that was a point in my life where I was still watching kids' movies. Of course there's trash out there, but there's such richness as well. You just gotta dig around to find it. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. 
Okay, the goal is obvious. Parents want the best for their kids. We hear it all the time. And there's all sorts of bad stuff floating around out there. Things that kids do not need in their lives. But some go about it in the worst possible way, through isolation and control. Unless you plan on keeping your kids at home forever, this plan will ultimately be ineffective. All it really manages to do is turn your kids into square pegs as they go out into a world of round holes. And then people like me come along and have to knock off some of those corners. Not to mention the fact that Ben is consuming all the media he missed out on. So ultimately that didn't work. And when he has kids of his own, he plans on exposing his kids to all sorts of media so that they can choose to be as well-rounded as they want to be. So the next generation will be back to normal. So that one didn't pan out either. Sorry, parents. Let's get real. The points I'm trying to make are that, number one, you can't control your kids. You can influence, guide them, and be an example. But ultimately, they will decide what they are going to do, and you need to be ready to deal with that. Number two, no matter what you do with your kids, making them weird is probably one of the worst things you can do. Because the real world is very mean, and the meanness always strikes where it will hurt the most. As far as the world is concerned, making your kids weird is like taping more targets on them. Number three, this is my last point, and it's really what I'm getting at. I hate to be so relativistic, but come on, people. Moderation in all things applies to all things. Too much control has subverted everything one parent tried to build. But let's not forget about the other side of the spectrum. The parents who give complete freedom to their kids to go in any direction they want to, those kids end up going nowhere in their life. So please, do the human race a favor. Think before you parent. If you think something you're about to do might be painting a target on your kid's back, probably time to go back to the drawing board on that plan of action. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Excellent job, Bryce. Hey, he couldn't have made a more profound point. Parents, don't make your kids weird. I mean, duh. <laughs> That's why I love Bryce. He cuts to the chase. That's my job. That is your job. Sean, and by the way, you've made some pretty weird kids. <laughs> Sean O'Neill is here. Sean is the Family Man movie review uh has the Family Man re- movie review on BYU Radio. Mm-hmm. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Movie oh, cri- critic extraordinaire. Okay. Father of? Four. Four kids. Girls. Four beautiful girls. Mm-hmm. And so you love movies. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. And you love, in fact, like we could talk hours Oh, sure we about could. movies. In yeah. fact, we did for hours. We, <laughs> we did. We're talking about sports movies. <laughs> Baseball movies. Yeah. Which was, I mean, I think that was just a great topic. Actually, I still have that list on my phone that Do we you? made up. Yeah. We made a killer list. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, I think we did it somewhere. Um, you, though, okay, Ma, you have a father of four beautiful daughters, yep. a beautiful wife who is uh, just incredible, and you don't want your kids to be horrible, evil people. No. So you still watch movies, or you keep them away so you don't make them weird? Oh, or they, so you do make them weird. I well, being I'm a movie critic and I go to screenings and I go to family movies. I take my kids. Yeah, you know, and and I look at the rating system. Uh, it's one of the reasons I wanted to start doing movies was because I look at the rating system and thought, you know, there's too much gap between some of those ratings. Yeah. to say it's okay for a 13 year old to go to this movie, but. Not okay to go to this movie. Right. When there are some movies I've seen that I've taken my 13-year-old to the movie and thought, I wonder if I really should have taken her to this movie. Isn't that a weird feeling when you're sitting in the movie and, ah, Mm -hmm. they shouldn't hear that. And and you're you're trusting somebody else's judgment as to your kids. And I realize you're doing that when you listen to my reviews. (laughs) Well, yeah. But – you know, you don't you don't want your kids to to take in too much too fast. That's right. But at the same time, you also don't want to, you know, 
put them in a box and, right. and leave them there for 18 years. Well, or you'll make them weird. Exactly. And um, Which apparently Bryce's parents did. Um, <laughs> well, that's another story. In a good way, of course. But see, so we were, we were at Sun Valley with my kids and we were looking for a movie to watch. Okay. And in the in the room, in the or, room. or in a theater in, oh, the, in the room. room okay because we had uh, the people that I was speaking for were paying all the bills so okay. we were just going to do it in the room sure <laughs> that's we're cheap and but we went through the list and my I didn't want to watch any of the movies they wanted to watch because they were like out there they were like crazy sure and I'm thinking oh we ought not no we probably ought not watch that one's and then one of them was an R and I said yeah we're not going to watch that R and my son said dad there's only one reason that's an R and and I guess it was. Uh, I can't remember swearing. Well, no, there a, there are reasons that yeah. movies get those ratings, but you know, how did he know? Because his, I'll tell you, <laughs> how he, did he you know? know? You know exactly uh, how he knows the network, exactly the underground, and that's and that's why kids want to bend the rules. That's oh. why they want to get out there because they want to be. It's a popularity thing. It I is. really think. Oh yeah, it was when I was growing up. Yeah. Anyway. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, or, exactly. I go with their oh, friends. No, and... my my mom and dad won't let me see that. Oh, you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, huh? It, it, it is. It's a popularity thing, and and it's weird as a parent because I, I never thought like I'd really outgrow my kids, but mm-hmm. I'm like weird. Well, the reason I know it's a popularity contest is because my kids get to go see movies early. Oh, and so, so they, they are get more to, popular. Yeah, they get to go to school and say, "Oh, well, I've already seen that. How'd you see that? I went with my dad. Yeah." He got so to go early at the yeah. first screening. Uh huh. So Lucky. like you know things like uh, well, the movie Paranorman comes out on August seventeenth. I can't tell you what I yeah. about the movie because it, he dies, I have to wait. <laughs> I never heard of it. Well, he talks to the dead. Actually. <laughs> oh, he does. Okay, but it's a, it's an animated thing, and I took my kids to it, and they're talking to their friends all about it. But their friends can't go see it until or, August seventeenth. See, they are cool. So, yeah, that is that is pretty hip. Well, how do you um, what do you recommend to parents out there that how do they actually find out? I guess they, do they just need to find a good critic that they trust, listen to their advice, go see if you know, go go kind of dial into a critic. Yes, that you can trust. Well, it also depends on what the critic is talking about. the The reason I do my reviews the way I do is I like to give parents a list of what I found in the movie. Oh, that cool. way, the parents know the criteria of what's in the film, and they can pick. Whether or not their kids yeah. can go to that film. So you're not just saying go or not go. You're saying here's my here's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd I rate it this or whatever, but yeah. here's what's happening. Here's what I thought of the movie, and also here's what you're going to see in the movie in case you want to take your kids. What What are some of the criteria in your list that oh, you're looking for? Uh, you, well, there's the there's the standard. You've got language, yeah, um, sexuality, yeah, nudity, uh, violence, yeah. gore, all that stuff. There's just a whole list. And you, I just run through the list. Try and run through the list. Do you take a pen and paper in yes. as you go? Yes, very much so. I'm taking notes. That's why I don't eat popcorn when I'm at a movie. Well, how do you get through it? I <laughs> without popcorn. I write. Beverage. I write. I have so a you actually write it down and say, "Okay, so I do that write was things. oh, that was nudity." Do you like make check marks? Nudity, nudity, nudity. I will. I will actually. That's what I do when I'm sitting during the credits. I I'm a credit watcher. Oh, I will stay and watch the credits. But during the credits, I'm making final notes going, okay, this was here, this was here, this was here. Usually during the movie, I'm writing down plot points that I want to remember oh, so that I can go through them on my review. And we, we just had a whole thing about plot holes. Mm-hmm. A lot of these movies have big plot There's holes. There's big plot holes. Um, it's interesting, too, that you, – you, so you get that we can't just keep our kids away. 
Yeah. And, and so we, we want to kind of fold them into the media and let them embrace part it, of it. You have to control it, though. Yeah. You can't, you can't just let them run wild. Yeah. Because otherwise they're going to consume every piece of media that they can possibly consume. That's right. You're going to make it actually tempting. Exactly. That, and then they're going to start sneaking behind your back. Well, and, and, and you know, the best thing that I have found is explain to your kids why you're saying no. Yeah. In fact, I, when we come back, I want you to help us more with – because I bet you when you sit down with your kids, you actually – because I've seen you do it with me. I don't know if you're treating me like a child. But you enroll <laughs> no. me in the plot and you like – you tell the whole story and then you'll never tell us what happens. But you get us so into it that we want to not only see it, but we actually understand where it fits in the world, mm-hmm. in the scope of other movies or whatever. It's cool. So we'll come back with Sean O'Neill. Uh, Family Man movie critic for BYU uh, Brigham Young University Radio, BYU Radio. And uh, that just sounded weird. But more importantly, we're also going to get into kind of how do we socialize, how do we in a more healthy way raise our children in the media culture. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Keep up to date with BYU Radio's programming by liking BYU Radio on Facebook. You can check our page for BYU sports updates and information on our entertainment programming. Like us on Facebook at BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The situation in Syria has the Obama administration preparing for a post-Assad Syria and urging other nations to do the same. Stopping in South Africa, Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton said the time is now to plan for what follows the brutal Bashar Assad. The day when the bloodshed ends... Uh, and the political transition begins. And at the White House, spokesman Jay Carney said the goal must be security. We think it's essential to make sure that the state's institutions stay intact and that we send very clear expectations about avoiding sectarian warfare. And if that has echoes from Iraq, Carney agreed the example of what followed Saddam Hussein's fall in Baghdad is instructive. Mark Smith at the White House. The jobs report for July was more positive than many expected, and now there may be more good news. The Labor Department says employers posted the most job openings in four years in June. That's a promising sign indicating that further hiring could be seen in the months ahead. It typically takes one to three months to fill a job, but there's still plenty of slack in the job market. With a reported 12.7 million unemployed in this country, there was an average of 3.4 persons unemployed for each and every job posted. Mark Hamrick, Washington. Primary elections may be the end of the line for two Democratic Congress members. Two Democratic House members will go down to defeat in today's primaries in Missouri and Michigan. Incumbents are facing each other in each contest. Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill could be the most vulnerable of Democrats seeking re-election. Republican voters will decide who faces her this fall, choosing from a field of three candidates in a race that's expected to be close. And in Michigan, Republicans will decide if a Tea Party-backed candidate or former Congressman Pete Hoekstra will face incumbent Senator Debbie Stabenow in November. Jerry Bodlander, Capitol Hill. A Chinese track star has had his Olympic ambitions dashed for the second time. 
At the 2008 Beijing Olympics, his form seemingly adorned more billboard and public space than that of Chairman Mao. Liao Jian was truly the face of those games, and on his shoulders rested Chinese hopes for greater success. After all, he'd won in Athens in 2004, the first Chinese man to ever win gold on the track. But an injury forced him to limp off the track just before the start of his race in the Beijing Olympics. Fast forward to 2012, and high hopes once again came crashing down. Liu hit the very first hurdle in the first qualifying heat and fell down and out of the games, breaking more hearts across China. Kyle McKinnon, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're here with Sean O'Neill, the movie critic extraordinaire. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Why do you laugh every time I say that? <laughs> uh, really, Sean, you know how to do this. He um, is BYU's family man movie critic and attacks the um, critique of a movie through the eyes of a family. A, a father, yeah. four daughters, beautiful life and wife. Okay, here's what I want to know. Uh, how do you, okay. Cause I, you do it with everyone. I've, I've heard you, I've heard you just walking around telling a story. And the neatest thing about you is you'll never tell anyone how it ends. No. I, I don't know if you're contractually obligated. No. To not no. do that. I could say almost anything about a movie I want to. But you never tell I us how it ends. I, 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 I hate it when people it do that us. for me, to me. That's a, that's a good man. But you do set us up. So when you go out and you take your kids to a movie mm-hmm. – by the way, do you ever just go to a movie that your kids want to see that you have no desire to see? The last time I did that was Brave. Actually, my mother took the whole family. Yeah, what did you think and I of saw Brave? The, I the loved Brave. It was a great movie. Brave I, was a fantastic film. I saw it at a drive-in. There you, I, I love drive-ins, the By the last row back. I couldn't see it. <laughs> Nothing I fell asleep. It was bad. That's okay. My, and by the way, it's not well. It's not okay when your kids are sleeping on the roof. When their kids are up on the roof, and <laughs> as you're long asleep as you don't inside, drive anywhere, like, you're okay. I fell asleep. But so, um, like, I, I go to movies all the time that I don't really want to see. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know how to kind of I do that talk at home. it through. So how do you talk it out? And how do you go through the process of getting your family ready for a movie and then kind of debriefing? Not like we want to turn this into a formal thing, but I usually don't talk to my kids before a movie. I talk to them after the movie. How, yeah. Okay, so you take them to a movie, I, and I will if I've if I've taken my kids to a movie and that I'm reviewing, I will ask them their opinion. I want to know what they thought Let of the them film. Talk, yeah. Well, you're going and to learn so much about your kids. That's true. It's it's amazing what you can learn when you actually do talk to your kids. Yeah, or just listen. Wow, you shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's powerful. I, I find that I will get ins- – I've, I've gotten insights on films that I didn't I, – I will sit there and think, I didn't see that. How did you see that? Interesting, huh? So – and they have different takes on, on scenes that I thought a different way about a scene. And it's just it's – I find it amazing. I love talking with my kids. Isn't it interesting too? The, and then when you like – Teach them a parallel like this. This mm-hmm. part of the story exactly. parallels this in life. Like we were doing that the other day, and my kids are like, oh, "I never saw that." So that's what I liked about Brave because yeah. I thought, you know, that this shows that a young girl can do something, yeah, can take charge of something, can actually accomplish yeah. a goal, can poison uh, her parents, exactly. <laughs> And stuff like that. <laughs> I did see that part. Um, but it's it really is. It's I think it's a great chance to bond. 
And it's bonding in a way they don't mm-hmm. know they're bonding, right? So these kids are just going to a movie. Yeah. But you know you've got them. Exactly. That's cool. And my kids my kids love going to movies. So I think that helps for yeah. one thing. Now, if your kids don't love going to movies, find what they do love. Yeah. If they if they like being on the internet, let's, okay, cool. Let's go surf. But, you know, you you got things you got to be careful with there as well. Yeah. I have to be careful with movies. My kids also love being on the internet, but I've got protections on my computer yeah. and the computer is in a – open room that everybody can walk by and it's yeah so uh, but what i found the other day um actually i had i had an experience that i actually i called my daughter over because i wanted to find because school's gonna start oh yeah in a few weeks around here um actually my oldest is starting on the 15th that's early yeah it's a little early but uh so i asked her i asked her i actually had her come over sit down on the couch and had a talk with her the talk not, Not the talk. talk. No. Hey, Thank talk. goodness. That's mom's talk. That's good. Mom's job. <laughs> that would have been cool. I wanted to hear but about no. that. Uh, but no, we had a talk about, well, what are you expecting in school this year? What are, you, what are your topics that you're taking? Yeah. Um, you know, which teachers are – she told me which ones are her favorite teachers, yeah. what she thinks she's going to be doing in each class. Jeez. And it was, it was a great discussion. I did the same thing with mine who's starting high school. Ah. So what are you feeling? What are you, are you mm-hmm. nervous? What are you feeling about going to high school? This is his answer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, what? Yeah, mm. exactly. Kids. He was a boy, though. <laughs> he wasn't as communicative. Well, then I talked to my 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 other daughter, who is uh, nine. She's gonna she'll be turning ten next April, and and asked her what she thought about she school this coming she? year. Yeah, I mean, she's got a couple weeks still but to go. But this is great because you're ahead of the game. Uh, yeah, be- because I talk to my kids about stuff that they watch. You have access. I have access, exactly. I can get into their lives. They talk to me about things. When, you know, I, and I can, when I see that they're crying or they're upset or something, I can ask them about it. That's I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a communication problem. No. I don't have them sitting there saying, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. You don't have to like build the trust. Mm-mm. So you actually use media and their likes to to grow this account where you've got a high enough account with them that you can just start. Mm-hmm. Even even if you needed to, you know, demanding something like, well, yeah. trust me. If there's any moment time and you need to trust me, now's the time. You need to trust me. Yeah, that uh, that luckily hasn't happened. Well, yeah, <laughs> but give yeah. it a few years. <laughs> this is the one like you said. That's mom's job. That's exactly. You always go there, don't you? But it's also powerful. at the same time, it, it's not it's not a perfect existence no. by any means. What? Give but... me give me some examples of movies that you've gone to with your children. That are the just movies and um, life lessons that are really powerful. That, Besides Brave, yeah, other than <laughs> that's Brave, the most recent is it? Because I know you have a million, and it can go back to our baseball movies. But what are some um, movies where that lesson is one every kid needs to hear? So or see? So it's kind of like, I, I want to give the listeners some fallback movies that there's um, uh, Dolphin Tale. Yeah, I have never seen that. That you is, actually recommended that. That's a good movie. It is, you know, it's it's a kids movie. It's a dolphin so, with a prosthetic. Exactly. Uh, but hey, Morgan Freeman is in it. <laughs> is he? So, so there it's you go. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classy. Morgan Freeman movie. and Ashley Judd. So there you go. There you go. Say no more. No, no love story between <laughs> the two. Right. Thank goodness. But yeah. No, Harry Connick Jr. and oh, Ashley Judd. Oh, that's a great crew. But it's it's a it's it's neat because the kid at the beginning starts off and he's he's this. He's lost his father. 
um, and his uh, his cousin goes into the army, and his cousin comes back injured, hmm. and his cousin just goes into this deep depression, and, and they used to be really good friends. Yeah, but the kid actually uh, finds this dolphin that he can take care of. He found something in his life well, that was he it? connected with. It's at a, uh, a oh, oh, it's at a like a, a yeah amusement a, um, park or whatever. Not well. It's at um, a local pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's at a um, a shelter. Okay, an animal shelter. Oh, neat. That, uh, but it's a marine shelter, um, and they do they do tours and things like that. Mm. But they're trying to take care of this dolphin. But he finds this. He's he's able to connect with this dolphin, and mm. the people around him see that he's able to connect with this dolphin. And his mom finds out that he's been skipping school to, to connect with the dolphin. the dolphin. So she comes to the facility. And wants to take him away. Oh, you're in trouble. But the doctor talks to to the mom. Is Morgan Freeman the doctor? No, uh, Harry oh. Connick Jr. Okay. It, Morgan Freeman's only in a portion of the movie. But the kid, she, he convinces his mom that he's able to do this. That this is something – she realizes this is something in his life that he can connect to. Oh, neat. That he is coming out of his shell finally. And that's what – that's one of the – the message of wow. that movie was fantastic. That, that a kid – Kids can do things. They can they can connect with animals. They can write books. They can do all sorts they of other things. They have something to offer. Exactly. Well, what a great segue into a question with your kid like, you know what? Mom and dads don't always know, mm-hmm. but you might know. What do you think you might really be into? Exactly. And then have this great conversation. Okay, so there's a perfect setup. Dolphin tell. Mm-hmm. Watch it with your kids. Go have Sundays or whatever, and then start asking the questions about it. So, what what do you think yeah. you could offer? Okay, give me another one. That's cool. Give me another parental moment mm. in time. No, I'm putting you on the spot because you weren't planning upon this. Uh, Muppets. What? For real? For real? The Muppets. The two old people sitting up in the yeah. Really? Like, give me <laughs> how do the Muppets fit in? That's well, cool. I, think, I, I also think I also like to use movies. I say, hey, would that actually happen in real life? Yeah, that's not real. Yeah. That's another thing that I like about using entertainment with my kids is you can tell them yeah. this isn't real. You, you got to remember, that, right? Yeah, you know that you see that's a puppet yeah. right there that's not an actual person. See, that's huge. My kid just started football and he thought you just hit really hard and no one gets hurt. <laughs> and cuz he was in La La Land, so I should have been doing this for years. Like that's not real. You can't take a hit like that <laughs> and not die. So now he's learning that. <laughs> but he's got yeah. the whole season ahead of him. It's it, yeah. So really the Muppets yeah. That's just kind of to create contrast. I think so. You know, you you all know pigs can't talk, right? That's what you'd say. I would hope so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Kermit does. But it's really also good. a good story as well because they they overcome the bad guy in the movie. I mean, yeah. it's it's a, yeah. it's it's a it's somewhat of a melodramatic sure. thing, but it's but still it's it's at their level. Love that. I mean, when you have an age range from 13 to to almost 8 that mm-hmm. I have, but you know, you got you got to you got to go with Something that works for the whole age range. Yeah. Do you and remember it, the show work. The Champ? Oh, yeah. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. I watched it in the Volkswagen <laughs> with my sister who at was the drive-in? 16 at the drive-in. And um, honestly – Did you cry? I Come on. Yeah, I did. Okay. And I don't even remember what the story's about. His oh. dad died or something? Yeah. Is that what happened? At the end, yes. Um, I really don't John remember. John Voight. I really had to watch it again. But John... I remember I had emotion mm-hmm. as a kid about my dad dying. But my dad had never died. Yeah. That's powerful. It is. And that would be a good movie. I mean, that's but your, old school. Your but kids something like can that. Have, your mm-hmm. kids have those emotions when you watch a movie. Yeah. Toy Story. Love it. That's a great movie. 
All three of them. Mm-hmm. You you start with the first one, which is fun and campy yeah. and a really nice story. You learn to you learn to play nice with each other yeah. in that story. I love that. Then you got the second one, where and everyone's diverse. There's a lot of exactly. diversity. You yeah. value your friends in the second one. You know yeah. the relationships that you made, and then in the third one, you learn. Well, things do change. Yeah, and we move on. That one that, that that's a hard one. I thought it is. That's that's a tearjerker. That was a number downer. three. It's not a downer, but it's a tearjerker. It was good. It's, what? Uh, give me others. What are some more? Like if you had to choose two or three movies to watch with your family. Oh, geez, that's a tough question. Because you you'd have to go to some superheroes. Yeah, um, I would actually. I'm a big Batman fan. I'd have to go with Batman. This latest one. Um, only for my oldest. Okay. Yeah. How, yeah. How old would you take someone? To I a, still think thirteen. Yeah, I may maybe. I think it would depend on the thirteen-year-old. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm a little. I do get a little protective. That <laughs> is the hardest because my older ones come home that. and they tell everybody and they're telling mm-hmm. everything. So I have a seven-year-old that's like, oh, I want to go, and you're like, no, oh yeah, you're not there yet. And I ha- and I only have one thirteen-year-old right now, so she's the only one that gets to go to the PG-13s uh, besides mom. Yeah, and that's you know what else? Uh, what other movies? Um, let's see. Do you, what do you think about the Hunger Games? Is it Hunter, Hunting Games? I, I, took my, I took my daughter to the Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Because she had read the book, actually. Had, yeah, and, mine had all read the book, too. And that I had read cool. the book. I, see, that's another thing I love to do is uh, I will read the book before I go see the movie. Will you, how do you, where do you get your time? Uh, I, I read at night. Is that why you're sleeping instead in the morning of, at, instead, the, at the instead office? Instead of sleeping, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're on at 6 a.m. <laughs> but no, I, it, I think it's – I did it in college. The first time I, I compared a That's book a to idea. the movie was in uh, senior English here at BYU, and it was fantastic. It was um, – um, oh, geez. Brad Pitt's in the movie. It's the fishing movie. I can't remember. Why can't I not remember the um, name of it now? Uh, River Runs Through River It. River Runs Through It. It's a short story, and the movie is fantastic, and so is the so is the novel. But I love comparing them. Well, and Brad Pitt's hot. Well, okay, they I guess. Say. Yeah. But I did that with Hunger Games, and, and I didn't like the movie as much as I liked didn't the you? book. That is, see, what I like about that, and even the Harry Potter series, is it's getting kids reading, too. So it does. they're reading, and mm-hmm. they're, and then it's also, they get to see a contrast, and they get to see that there's actually art involved. And there is. There's it's not what decisions they that get made. I love that. Mm hmm. My my kid my my daughter was surprised a little bit by that when she went and saw Hunger Games. Was like, what is your what number you one movie? Oh, my number you one. You only movie? get one, one choice. Only one. Bring it home. This only it. one. I, I would and have the to, lesson. Citizen Kane. Really, Rosebud. Is yeah, that what it's called. Citizen um, Kane. Well, <clears throat> Citizen Kane for me is a, a fantastic film because of how it was made. You and, like the and, whole history too. Yeah, I do. Um, eh, let's see. Uh, Give us one in the last 10 years. Willy Wonka. Really? Yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You just like those Johnny kids Depp. getting beat down. Johnny Depp. Love, yeah. Nothing I, no, better that than one, a spoiled kid. I love that one because it's not even in the book, but the relationship with his dad. Yeah, that was neat. That he comes back to, I think is fantastic. I think, I think it's very funny when Christopher Lee looks into his mouth and realizes, these teeth are perfect. Wait a minute. That's my son. <laughs> Those are my teeth. Exactly. I fix that. Well, and then the boy teaching the man, you know, the child yep. educating the adult. Yeah. That's powerful. And I, I like, um, oh, what's his name? The act, the actor that played Charlie in that movie. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Darn it. 
in that movie in the, with uh, um, Willy Wonka's movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I know who you're talking about. And uh, he was also in um, uh, Neverland. Ah, blasted. Uh, no, uh, but it was the uh, it was Johnny Depp again playing. Yeah. he played J M Barry, and uh, found this family and. Uh, Freddie Highmore, that's his name. See, it's so you just have to talk it out. Freddie Highmore and uh, Finding Neverland was the name of the movie. If you see that one, that's a good one. Kate Winslet and Johnny Depp playing opposite each other. Um, good combo. Very, very good movie. Sean O'Neill. See, you are the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Family Man movie review and critic for Brigham Young BYU Radio, Brigham Young University Radio. That's Sean, true. appreciate you being here. Not a problem. We're going to have to keep having you on until you uh, can no longer teach us. Okay. I don't know when that will be. Appreciate you. And again, so you parents out there, you can make movies intentional. And that's the goal of the show is how do we teach our children? How do we take it to the next step? We'll give you more ideas and tools right after this on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page and Twitter at BYU Radio. While you're stuck in traffic, ever wonder how do deep space missions get their morning traffic report? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Try to remember what it was like navigating your car before you had a GPS device. Remember all those exits you missed while still figuring out where you were at highway speeds? It's kind of like that, navigating with deep space probes, but of course, on an astronomical scale. Today's probes are guided from Earth, where NASA's JPL takes measurements and works out when to tell the probe to Please turn left at Ganymede. But when probes are distant, radio commands can take hours to make the round trip. By the time you've told the probe where it was, you've missed your exit. Navigating this way is tough and expensive. That's why NASA's Office of the Chief Technologist, the Marshall Space Flight Center, and JPL are all so excited about the Deep Space Atomic Clock. Its accuracy will enable future probes to self-navigate out there, correcting their course without the long radio delays. The increased precision promises to improve data quality and save time and money. Arriving at your destination. The advanced technology is slated to fly on one of NASA's new technology demonstration missions soon. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Do you want to hear all your favorite BYU radio shows while you're on the go? Now you can. BYU Radio's free iPhone app places all the BYU radio programming at your fingertips through your iPhone or iPod. Enjoy all your favorites at the touch of a button. Download your free iPhone app on the Apple Store now. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up today's show talking about movies and Kind of the the important sociological impacts, the positive benefits that movies can have on your family, how it creates a dialect for your family. It creates certain lines you can all be using, plus just some good feel-good times and, um, and, and even maybe 
according to one of our producers, a road trip. Now, you know, sometimes you become such a big fan of a show or a movie that you actually wish you could go to the site where the movie was was filmed and see it. Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever watch NBC's The Office? seems like half of America was big fans about five years ago. And I had this friend driving across the country, and his route took him up Interstate 81 through Wilkesbury, Scranton. And I wanted to shout out, hey, stop by in Scranton and see Dunder Mifflin in the office while you're there. Thankfully, a slightly smarter filter in my brain stopped me from sounding foolish. But isn't it interesting how places on TV and the movies become so real to us? By the way, the real location of The Office is on a street called Santa Coy in Van Nuys, California, which is much closer to me, so I went to check it out. It was okay. The Office, a.k.a. Valley Center Studios, is not filled with the hilarious hijinks of workers selling paper in Pennsylvania. It was just a warehouse behind a chain-link fence to me. doesn't have the same magic as TV, now does it? But at least the set for The Office is real in one single place. Most movies build completely fictional worlds. Do you remember the 80s film Back to the Future? Marty McFly gets a call late at night from Doc Brown asking him to skateboard over the mall to check out the new time machine. Well, he would have needed a time machine. The fictional Marty McFly house is real. It's in Arlita, California. The mall is down in the city of industry, 39 miles away. That's seven hours by skateboard if he uses the freeway, which I don't think he would. But even as an avid fan of Back to the Future, I didn't bother going to check it out. It's just a mall. Just as a Goonies fan could go see the Goonies house. It's in Astoria, Oregon, but it's just a house. In Terminator 2, the garage the bad Terminator chases little John Connor around in is the same one studio executives park in, but it's just a parking structure. There is no Gimbel's department store anymore, even though Will Ferrell works at one in the movie Elf. It's mostly just Hollywood sets. But Corinne on our staff does say that that does not stop her friends across the pond from trying to find gimbals when they come to visit New York. There is no Bedford Falls. There is no Pottersville. And the real Hogwarts castle exists mostly inside a computer. They say never meet your heroes. I'd add never meet your movie sets because they just are not nearly as exciting off screen as they are on screen. Excellent. It's so true. Um, It's not, I guess, about the set then, is it? Or it's not necessarily about the theater or the sometimes even the event. Maybe what it's more about is just the feeling you get, more about the sense of security that you have. And so um, as we leave today and we wrap this up, you know, media is media. It's not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. It just kind of is. And if we can use the media to strengthen our relationships, I say more power to us. Um, as a kid whose parents uh, had to work um, to support it, my parents had divorced. And so I was a latchkey kid and would go home every day after school. I would uh, go in the back door. My cute little dog would be waiting for me. And then I would go turn on um, a couple of shows. Gilligan's Island was one, of course. Uh, Chips, which the famous California Highway Patrol uh, show, uh, One Adam 12, that was a big one, the Andy Griffith show. And so I was pretty much raised on all of these other shows, Happy Days, uh, Mr. Cunningham, I felt like raised me a little bit. And so, you know, it's media 
And I guess, you know, as I was told growing up, maybe it is making my brain soften because I'm sitting too close to the screen. But also I was learning some really powerful principles. And uh, maybe what would have made it even better is if there was someone else by my side not just telling me what not to do, but helping me to reap the benefits and to to take the lessons out of all of these great shows. So a little challenge for you. We had some ideas from our movie critic, Sean, that, uh, Sean O'Neill, to go and start. Maybe go watch some movies, Dolphin Tales, for example. Find some of your favorites and start sharing them with your kids. I um, threw an old favorite on that I hadn't seen for years for my kids. Quite honestly, bored them to death. But um, it was fun to at least talk and give them a sense of who you are. Let them notice some of the great things. Tell the stories behind your stories and and why you love certain shows as much as you do. And honestly, I think in the end, that's what they're going to appreciate so much more than the fact that you bought them popcorn and a drink. Most of the time I found buying all that stuff never really makes the difference anyway. It's just the time that they wanted. And so I'm challenging you. Get out there. Use the media to your advantage. Don't just beat it up and run from it and don't just um, absorb it and never think about it. Start taking life's lessons out of it. Find the principles and start teaching your children and your family the principles. How great would it be? that a movie day at grandpa's or grandma's means a day in a, uh, that's going to teach principles and ideas and tools so that we can take our families to a higher level. That is the show, my friends. Again, we so appreciate you listening to us. We know you get to choose uh, what stations you listen to on Sirius XM. Uh, we just want you to make sure you keep remembering uh, 143. And we would love to take your ideas and any more information that you want to give us, email us. Um, at matt at byuradio.com or go just simply uh, mattchat at byu.edu. That's a great way to get a hold of us. Again, we're here Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock Eastern Time.